0: Love Talk Radio.
1: She can get it, say if you a bad.
2: we were so new to this life, but goddamn, you got to it. I mean, I write poems in these songs dedicated to the front sex, your natural hair and your soft skin and your big ass and that sundress. Ooh. Good God, what you doing that walk for? When I see that they move, I just wish we would fight less and we would talk more. They say communication, save
3: relations, I can tell, but I can never right my wrongs unless I write them down for real. T.S.
2: These words they become a taboo, making sure my punctuation curve heavy letter history. Living my life in the margin, and that metaphor was proof. I'm talking poetic justice, poetic justice. If I told you that a flower bloomed in a dark room, would you trust it? I mean, you need to hear this. Love is not just a verb, it's you looking in the mirror. Love is not just a verb, it's you looking for it. Maybe call me crazy, we can both be insane. A fatal attraction is common, and what we have common is pain. I mean, you need to hear this. Love is not just a verb, and I can see power steering. Sex drive, when you swerve, I want that interference. It's coherent, I can hear it. Mm-hmm. That's your heartbeat, it either caught me or it caught me. Breathe mm-hmm. slow and you'll find gold mines in these lines. Sincerely still in your truly and right before you go blind, P.S. You can get it, you can get it, you can get it, you can get it And I know just, know just, know just, know just, know just what you want Oh, let it put it in the song One more time, homie Where's your hey, 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 Where hey, hey, ask Mr.
1: Hey, y'all here for Saran? I don't care. Who this nigga over here
4: from?
1: You don't tell me where he's from. This I'm sorry. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We're going to do it like this, okay? I'm going to tell you where I'm from, okay? You're going to tell me where you from, okay? Or... With another edition of the Urban Wire Brought to you by the Urban Coalition of Freelance Writers Where we shine a light on issues impacting the urban community Tonight we have a jam-packed show It's going to be a show where we're going to talk about something that uh, Something serious Um, And we're going to talk about the whole issue of race tonight That's going to be the main theme of this show And the reason why I want to talk about this topic is because we've been seeing a lot of things in the news and in the media lately which have been centered on race and i really feel that um we as a society are becoming divided and i think it's unnecessary and i think it's very sad that we are becoming divided by race when we when we think about it we're all americans we all we all are in this struggle together we're all sharing the liberties That have been afforded to us In this country And it's a shame that we are living Under the same American flag And we can't all Get along or come together um, As Americans You know that's what we are first and foremost Uh, I know we all come from different backgrounds We all have different cultural beliefs Um, We have religious beliefs But at the end of the day we're all Americans And we all are a part Of the human race And we all share that that common bond that you know, you know, if you we all gonna bleed the same color. We all we all have emotions. We all have feelings. We all uh, desire to chase after that American dream. And we're just gonna be just gonna have a really um, honest dialogue tonight about race in this country. Um, we're gonna go to, to the phone lines, and tonight I believe we have a couple people already. I believe we have C online, and I believe we have. Kane online and I'm just going to let you guys know that um, Michael will be joining us later on um, at the 11 o'clock hour um, Kane is this you 765 area code 393 I believe he lost him he'll um, probably call back in um, C is this you area code
5: 317664
1: yes it is welcome Thank you. Glad uh, to be I here. We I, think he to I think we got Kane back. Um, Cole 765, is this you, Kane?
6: Yeah, this is me.
1: All right, welcome back, strange. We haven't heard from you in forever.
6: Yeah, I've been working a lot of evenings, so yeah. haven't been able to
1: cool.
6: check in with you guys.
1: Yeah, that's cool, and we really want to thank both of you um, guys starting off this conversation with us. Um, if you guys are out there, spread the word on Facebook. Um, you can call in. We're going to have a uh, uh, a really good dialogue, maybe a respectful dialogue. Let's keep that in mind. We can all have our own point of view, but let's just be respectful and let's just be open-minded, you know what I'm saying? So um, the number to call in to the show is area code 646. 646- 915 um, 8200. My name is Seneca Harris. I'm host of the Urban Wire along with my co host tonight, C. Johnson and Kane. And um, we're going to have Mr. Michael come in later on after the 11 o'clock hour. He's going to pop in here. And I think, I talked to JR, I think he he might come in tonight. Uh, he
4: He's
1: flying out to um, Arizona in the morning. So uh, I know he's he's. Mm-hmm. So um, he's going to call in tonight um, Hopefully And uh, anybody that wants to call in um, We do have the chat room Hope on Blog Talk Radio We have a couple of guest people in there In the chat room So I want to thank them for joining in Anytime you guys have anything to say uh, Feel free to just tap in, type it in In the chat room And go mention it on air um, we also have a Facebook group page I want you guys to join. And by doing that you can um always upload stories that you want us to maybe look at and review on the show. Um you can send your comments, um you can keep up with our videos that we have um that will be um released. We have interviews, special interviews, um, excerpts of the show, all kind of fun stuff. So you know, just, just jump on there. Um, you can find us on Facebook. Just look us up under the Urban Coalition of Freelance Writers, which is C O S W. Um, we'll pop right up. Um there's there's a fan page, fan page and, and a group page. So be sure to join the group page because that's where I send everything to. I'm gonna work on the other page too, but for now, um just join our group page. We're gonna be working on the website soon. Um, there's going to be a lot of things that are coming up um, As we get into the late Summer, early fall we got a couple of shows coming up And um, JR's show um, 3XR That's going to be coming up here um, Hopefully in the next uh, Month or two And see, Jonathan is online She's going to be a part of the Reality 317 show And Um Tell us a
5: little bit about what you expect to come out of this show. We expect to talk about a lot of issues that are affecting the um, society as a whole, Um, whether it uh, is your behavior, your attitude, um, a lot of family issues, a lot of emotional issues, and... um, social norms as well. So we really want to touch on those type of issues. Um and have a good time and have a respectful time as we talk about these issues because they really do affect the society as a whole.
1: All right. That will be coming this fall on blog talk radio on the UCOFW network. So I want you all to be tuned in. I want you to start sending him you know your questions um that you want answered on the show, um, the topics that you want covered, just all that good stuff. Um yes. if if you want to call in tonight, the number, I'm gonna repeat that again, it's area code 646-915-82100 Well you may be asking what are we going to be covering tonight? Let's let's jump right on into it. Um I guess we have a couple of things we're going to start off with. Um, we're going to start off with, um, here in a few minutes, Bill O'Reilly. And Bill O'Reilly is at it again. I don't know why, you know, everybody's surprised, but he went on a rant page the other day. We're going to have a, a commentary from the Young Turks that explains this about that community. And we have an article, too, that we're going to read from the Huffington Post that explains this in detail. Well, where he pretty much says that black people as a whole are responsible for their own problems and social ills as, as a group of people. And I have a couple problems with that because, first of all, you cannot speak for a whole group of people. People are individuals. Um And the way you presented it Is as if black people are the only ones That are dealing with these issues And and, and when a lot of these issues Are generational When he brought up the issue of uh, Kids being born out of wedlock And all that stuff I really think that he Failed to realize It It, it, it was like he unfairly pointed out A group of people And we're going to get to that Because if you are going to point out A group of people You need to look at your own community If you're going to look at it like that but I don't think that we need to look at it As that because I think a lot of these issues That he pointed out Are issues that impact Everyone You know what I'm saying So um, it, it's just the way That he came across. We're, we're going to I'm going to jump in on him I'm going to get in on him tonight. So we're going to talk about that uh, We're going to also talk about Another story That uh, a very unfortunate story And um where a young 13-year-old boy was shot by a 77-year-old man And, mm. show, you know, it could be one of those things Where staying the ground law is going to be claimed But I don't think so because this, this incident was caught on camera So we're going to mm. talk about that later on in the show um, Also, I want to talk about uh, George Zimmerman And um, I guess they're now saying that he is a hero because he supposedly or allegedly saved a family in a a four in an overturned SUV. Let's talk about that here a little bit because, really, okay, you may have saved that family, but does that minimalize what you did this young man? Uh, Martin, if you really turned over a new leaf, why aren't you? Making a public apology. Why haven't you came out? Why is your brother and other members of your family coming out pretty much rubbing the verdict in uh, people's faces? So we're going to talk about that as well. Um, in addition to that, um, in addition to that, we're going to talk about a Zimmerman trial juror, which they went by her name, Well, they went by they gave her a number um, like b twenty B29 to mm-hmm. pretty much take her um uh, eminim- and gave her like, you know, uh a chance to be anonymous putting uh you know, I'm just to just to be safe because really there's an issue with her uh coming out now saying that she regret the way she um you know what I'm saying her choice mm-hmm. or how she or decided to uh you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. to a quick man, and I think you you brought this story to me, so I'm gonna let you present this if you want to mhm, so um, before we start the game, did you have anything that you wanted to bring to the um bring to the show tonight? or did you have any issues, I mean, any um articles or stories that you've seen in the media that you want to talk about, or you just want
4: some um. something?
6: I don't really have a whole lot to say, but I would like to point out something which I found disturbing. Uh, While George Zimmerman is being acquitted, there was another African-American woman in Florida that was in a very similar situation where it was a stand-your-ground situation. She fired a warning shot at her husband, who she felt threatening. Uh, I guess he was very abusive. Um, And she got 20 years in prison.
4: Uh her name
6: yes, is Marissa Alexander.
1: Yes Yes.
6: And I think this is just I think this kind of underlines kind of what you're trying to get at in this show tonight about how there is just this inequality in how these two cases of vast inequality in how these cases were handled.
1: And and you know, and what what would you say to people that feel that that say that the justice system that we have works, and that it's flawless. I, I think, I think ideally, that like in, in a perfect world, it, it would be flawless. Like I said, Lady I always have, 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 have her face, her eyes. She peace every now and then. As long as you have people, which are, you know, people are not perfect. As long as you're dealing with the a system that's ran by people that are imperfect, you're gonna always have these injustices that are in the system. So I want people to realize that you know, um, it's people have to realize that this system is ran by corrupt people, and when you have corrupt people running a system, you're gonna have corrupt results sometimes, and this and that's our fight. With this, you know, and I'm glad you brought that story up because um, a lot of people have, I've heard a lot of people um, discuss that case and how this woman didn't even kill someone, kill anyone, and she is facing 20 years in prison. And Zimmerman has been allowed to walk free, you know, and the thing about mm-hmm. it is scary because guy has been able to, uh, the same gun that he used. To um, Pretty much Eradicate this young man's life He was allowed
4: to uh,
1: Get that gun back And to me yep. it's just Real scary that this guy Is still walking the street with, And he's able to um, to Regain all his rights You, you know what I'm saying And, and to me this is, mm-hmm. and this is The thing that I want to say Before we really get into the story is like he took the law in his own hands. He's not – He he's pretty much a vigilante. He's nobody's, like, police officer. He, was, he wasn't He was even really a neighborhood, like – I mean, he appointed himself. He was just a normal person that decided to take the law into his own hands. And that's scary mm-hmm. because now what you're saying is you set a president by saying, well, anybody – that has a weapon, can go out here and unjustifiably follow someone, pretty much stalk someone and kill someone without any cause. And, and you can say it, you did it in the name of, well, you, I'm trying to protect my community.
7: So yeah. I can have
1: peace with somebody. I can have um, my own social, you know, ills, you know, why I, I have a problem with, this person and that person based on the, you know, the basis of race. And I can go out here and follow somebody and I can stalk somebody and I can shoot them Mm -hmm. in cold blood
4: Mm -hmm.
1: and and, and get away with it. I think Um, we have have a similar law in
6: Indiana uh, that stands around, don't we?
1: Yes. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to ask Michael about that when he comes in, um, at eleven o'clock because he's really knowledgeable about the law and and about uh, and I'm gonna ask him about that when he comes in um but we have a caller online um area code six seven eight um are you just listening or, or are you um, do you have a question or a comment at this point?
3: Oh, I'm listening for now like if if something comes up, I'll definitely you know put my input in it.
1: Okay, yeah, I just want to thank you, first of all. I just want to thank you. I know you. Um, I've never seen this number before, so I really want to thank you for supporting our show and calling in and just listening to us. And anytime you have anything to say, um, just feel free to um, jump in. Um, we're pretty open-minded laid back here. So I just want to thank you again for tuning in. We we don't take it lightly that people support us. So, um, yeah, just, just come in and just, you know, hang out with us and just, you know, Jump in when you feel like you um, want to add something to the conversation. Okay, no problem.
6: Thank you. Hey, uh, I'd like to say something that that really disturbed me about this whole case. Now, I didn't really follow the case um, as closely as you did, Seneca, and, and maybe as closely as you did, C. Um, I just, you know, kind of checked in. You know, you know, read the uh, news on the Yahoo. Uh, um, homepage and uh, whatever was on the Young Turks and whatnot, but I am, one thing that really I'm so uh, when when this whole uh, thing began, I was like, it's obvious they're gonna they're gonna convict Zimmerman. I just thought it was in the bag that he is gonna be convicted. It just seems so cut and dry that this guy. The 911 dispatch. They told him to not follow. Don't get involved. We're going to send some officers out. Don't do anything. Um, the kid was, yeah, he was acting sketchy. But why was he acting sketchy? Because there was someone even sketchier following him. He was obviously nervous. That's why he was looking around and and everything like that. He wasn't looking around. I mean, he had a soda and some candy, uh, and it, you know. He, I think there were photographs of George Zimmerman showing that he actually wasn't really harmed as he stated he was, and um, uh, it just seemed like the facts were ignored in this case.
4: And, and, and this is
1: something else is that that's also disturbing too. As I you know uh, listened to this case, it, it it was like wow I've never seen a case where the victim. I mean, It's just like the victim was being placed on trial. Like we, they were looking in his background into his background and like you know doing a background check on him and this, that, and the other. And it's just like wow, I've never seen that like where to that to that to that degree. Like it was just it was just very um, it was just very shocking. Right.
6: To me. George Zimmerman's oh, brother, oh. when he was on, I, I don't know if it was Fox News or whatever it was, when Robert he was Zimmerman. talking about how the kid uh, Trayvon was dealing drugs and looking for a gun and whatnot. It's like, wait a minute. If he was looking for a gun, he would have had it by now. He didn't have a gun. He didn't use anything. I'm sorry. Sure. I
1: don't know any thugs or any like thugs excuse me. I don't know any thugs that walk around with Skittles and candy in their pocket and sodas on them. I just I just don't I don't know any it just doesn't seem it doesn't add up. And just in and, and, and it's the thing looking at his parents, his parents seem very educated. They seem very um, they seem like upstanding people. You know, it just don't seem like they were the type that would have, and, and you know what I'm saying, and I'm not, and I'm going to keep it real with you. I don't know any young person that's totally innocent or that that's perfect, but it don't seem like they would raise, would have raised a child that would be out doing all that. I just, You know what I'm saying, like you yeah they just don't seem like the type of parents that would put up with that nonsense. You see he practically
6: lived in the neighborhood his father he was walking to his father's house, so he practically lived in the neighborhood anyway
1: right you know and and, 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 and another it,
6: thing the the jury it was all women uh i I am assuming that they the uh, attorneys selected all women for maternal instincts, thinking that these ladies are going to have some sympathy and empathy for Trayvon. And apparently, they didn't. I think also another fact. I could be wrong on this. I think another fact is that there were no African Americans on the on the jury.
1: There, okay. Actually, there was one. But okay. we're gonna. I'm gonna read this article with you, and it's, I'm glad you um, brought that up. That's a perfect segue into this article because she voted, um, like in favor of Zimmerman, and um, now that she feels that her life is probably threatened, that she wants to come out and and say that she wants to backpedal now. But to me, like, what difference does it make? Because you, I mean, he's been acquitted. You know what I'm saying? And there's nothing that can be really be done about this. So I'm gonna read this article really quick. Um and um it is from uh, I think you you sent this to me, um C.
4: Mm-hmm. And
1: let me see who this article was written by. Uh let's see. Um this source it comes from, cool. from ABC, comes from A B C And uh, I'm trying to see Who wrote this
4: article Yes
1: Sarah Rachel Samara uh, Presented this article And it's entitled Zimmerman trial juror B-29 Speaks And they uh, uh, Say that First it was B-337 And now it's B-229 So she's the next person To come out and speak Now um, she was the only minority on the all-female jury that voted to acquit George Zimmerman. Said today that Zimmerman quote got away with murder unquote for killing Trayvon Martin and feels that she owes an apology to his parents. The court has sealed the jurors' identities during the trial and still hasn't lifted the order. But juror B B-2- B twenty-nine sat down. In an exclusive interview with Good Morning America um, anchor Robin Roberts, and she allowed her faith to be shown, but concerned for her own safety, used her used only her first name, Maddie. The nursing assistant and mother of eight children was selected as a juror as juror five months as a juror five months after she moved to Seminole Valley, Florida, from Chicago. She states that you can put a man, you can't put just put a man in jail, even though in our hearts we felt he was guilty. Said the woman, who was identified as juror B twenty nine, during the trial. But we had to grab our hearts and put it aside and look at the evidence. George Zimmerman got away with murder, but you can't get away from God. And at the end of the day, he's going to have a lot of questions and answers he has to deal with, Maddie said. But the law couldn't prove it. Okay, she just contradicted herself. Pretty much you said that he got away with murder, but now do you see the contradiction in that scene? Hello?
3: Because at that time, she was the law.
1: Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we'll we'll continue. I was the juror. That was going to give him the hung Jury and I fought to the end She said however On the second day of deliberations after Spending nine hours discussing the evidence Maddie said that she realized That there wasn't enough proof to convict Zimmerman of murder Or manslaughter Under Florida law And I guess she goes on To state that's Where I felt confused Where If a person kills someone, then you get charged for it, Maddie said. But as the law was read to me, if you have no proof that he killed him intentionally, you can't say he's guilty. When asked by Roberts whether the case should have gone to trial, uh, she stated, and I'm talking about Maddie, she she stated, I don't think so. I thought this was a – pub. check this out. This is what she said. I don't think so. I think this is a publicity stunt. This whole court service thing to me was publicity, she said. As a mother, Maddie said that she had she has had trouble adjusting to life after, after the verdict and has wrestled with whether she made the right decision. Um, I felt that I let a lot of people down, and I'm thinking to, to myself, did I go the right way? Did I go the wrong way, she said. As much as we were trying to find this man guilty, they give you a booklet that basically tells you the truth. And the truth is that there was nothing that we could do about it, she said. I felt the verdict was already told. Maddie said that she has sympathy uh, for Martin's parents and believes she, too, would continue the crusade for justice if this had happened to her son. She said that she believes she owes Trayvon Martin's parents an apology because she feels like I let that that she has let them down. It is hard for me to sleep. It is hard for me to eat because I feel that I was forcefully included in Trayvon Martin's
2: death. And as
1: I carry him on my back, I'm hurting as much as Trayvon Martin's mother because there's no way that any mother should feel the pain. She said. So that's pretty much the um, interview from that juror, and to me, it's just it's really sad because I would I, I would feel that you as a parent would sympathize with the plaintiffs, like the ones that had lost their son. And to me, that's that's the biggest thing. Like I I I, I don't know how it is to lose a child. I don't have any children myself, but I can't imagine. You know, and this this is this is how I'm looking at this whole situation. I'm just, I'm not even looking at it as a racial thing or anything. I'm just looking at like how would you feel as a parent that your child you, you wouldn't expect them like, they going out to the convenience store. You would never think in your wildest dreams, like especially you don't live in a neighborhood that's like really violent, and you don't live in a neighborhood. I mean, you live in a decent community. Who would think that your? I mean, imagine getting that call saying that your child has been shot. Down for nothing, for nothing.
6: I kind of wonder if maybe what, they... I'm sorry. Uh-huh. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I kind of wonder if a case can't be made that... Um, I don't... I, I. I am by no means a lawyer or an expert on law, but I'm just kind of wondering if maybe a mistrial couldn't be called because perhaps... The attorneys did a crap job of explaining how the law works in this particular case with the, you know, uh, George Williams and Trayvon, and, and and the stand your ground and everything. I'm, and it sounds I'm, like maybe well, that the uh, attorneys didn't. Maybe they should have been a little bit more careful in choosing who's going to be on the uh, on the jury. Yeah. Um, because it sounds like, I mean, if if this if this woman B twenty nine, if she had, I don't want to say anything. I don't want to sound like I'm saying anything bad about her. But if she had a little bit more of a spine, maybe she could have stood up to the rest of the jurors and.
1: Uh, and, that, and that's how I feel. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree that she 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 was. She had no backbone. She was spineless, and to me, and it, it, what makes me even it, it, what makes me sick is she was she's a mother of eight children herself. So mm-hmm. you, you know, I mean, feel what you feel. I mean, you know, what I mean, like you know, people on the boat are you know either in his favor or not. But my thing is, like, you pretty much allowed those people to. Hunt you. I was well, what it, like,
6: what, what is her reason for coming out now and saying, Oh, I made a, a the wrong decision. is she trying to make herself feel better or is she actually trying to make up for her what she feels is her bad wrong decision and get you know trying to support a federal case against uh Zimmerman like is being discussed now in the news
4: right
5: and well Well, if I could say this, um, I believe from the very beginning um, that she truly felt that he was guilty in her place. But I guess she probably, and in my opinion, I believe she probably didn't want uh, to cause any problems, per se. She wanted to be on one accord with the rest of the jurors. And I truly believe that from the very beginning she probably felt that he was guilty, but she didn't want to, uh, quote unquote, stir, stir up any mess by really um, um, standing on that. So I guess she just went ahead and went with the majority. And so now she's trying to come out because she is really feeling guilty about her decision. Well,
6: Let me ask uh,
5: you guys
6: I, I hate to be harsh, because, but shame on her then. Yeah. yeah.
1: Let me ask you guys this. Do you guys think that um, there was there could have been some intimidation involved, like indirectly? No, I mean, I'm not saying, but, like, do you think there could have been some pressure? Like, or do you think she would just, I don't know. We don't know. Yeah, we don't know. Yeah, we, don't know. I, 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 we can only like,
6: guess. But maybe as the only minority member of the jury, you know, mm-hmm. a jury full of women, but she's still the only... African American woman. Maybe in the back of her mind, she was thinking, you know, I don't know what was said in in the jury room while they were having the recess and discussing the the the, the so-called facts. Um, maybe there was things said that intimidated her. I, like you said, Seneca, we don't know. Uh, exactly. Being the only minority woman on the on the uh, jury, she may well very have been in, intimidated.
1: Right. Mm. Uh, we. Let me. Um, I think we just had another caller join. Uh, area code three one seven six six four. Welcome to the show. Hi,
0: um,
1: thank you. Hi, hi. Um, we want to thank you for coming on the show. I don't know how long you've been um, listening to the conversation, but I was just wondering if you have anything that you would like to add, or are you just listening at this point? Uh, the, the
0: bits and pieces are. Uh, heard. Uh, I know that you're talking about the uh, the juror uh, that was interviewed um, uh, on ABC, and I just want to say that uh, any juror, it doesn't matter what the color is, uh, the nationality, it, that doesn't matter. It's the re- you're, you have a responsibility as a juror, and I do uh, understand that there are a lot of things that uh, the, you know the judge might tell jurors that. Uh, that you can't uh, use to, you know, to make your your determination or your comment decisions. Confirmed, I know that. But you know, we have to go back to that very first phone call that was made by Zimmerman. I, when I was growing up as a child, I was I was raised up, and I am African American. My parents told me that when. You you always obey the law. Mm-hmm. And at what point in time is it okay to go against the law? Zimmerman was told to stand down, to go home. He, he refused to do that. At that moment, he took the law into his own hands. I, to right. me, that's a big issue here because yeah. if he had done what he was told, that at that very moment, if he'd done what he was told, we wouldn't be here at this point. But right. he took it upon himself to take the law in his own hand, and and to me, that's the hurtful piece. Right? That to me, that's more hurtful than a lot of other things that's being said, because you can't disregard this piece. You can't throw the peace out, because that was the the very beginning to this whole thing. And uh, and as far as the jury is concerned, it is true. A lot of times, I don't care if you were the only Caucasian in the the midst of all African Americans, or vice versa, uh, Hispanics in the group. Of, you know, it doesn't matter. Sometimes it can create uh, uh, little uh, tensions and. Um, especially if there's a racial profiling, where one side or the other feels uncomfortable. However, that still has nothing. It should not have any bearing on the the the, the facts that that you're facing. And uh, to say that, and, and I just listened prior to getting onto the show to say mm-hmm. that <laughs> that God. You, you can't get away from God. No, but he got away from you. See, you that was your responsibility to stand right. up for what it was that you felt and to voice your opinion. It was not to go with the flow. This was not a go with the flow type of thing. This this right. was about lies. Even though, even with Zimmerman, he's a human. He's a human being. And, right. and we're still talking about someone else's life here. We can't make light of that. But you can't sweep your own responsibilities under the rug, and I just feel that with her comment, that particular comment, that that's kind of what that was. Well, I'll just stand over here and let somebody else take care of it. We'll just let God take care of it. And that's just, um, she jumped to that really quickly, and, of course, it's my opinion, but uh, I, I just, and I'm sure there are others that feel that way.
1: Yeah, and I had a question, a personal question. I mean, I wanted to get your opinion on this, Um do you think that pretty much, and, 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 you know, and I was discussing this um, with C, do you think that pretty much he, the, the fact that he was able to pretty much, he he pretty much ate himself a vigilante, does this pretty much set the presidents that, well, anybody can get a gun, obtain a gun, and, you know, they can go out and, and Because I think right now, at this point, I think it's open season for young black men. So so pretty much what you're saying is I can be a vigilante. I can call myself a vigilante. I can go out here in the name of protecting my community, which really didn't even ask for your protection, and pretty much kill someone and and say that you did it in (laughs) self Because pretty much when I'm looking at this, this, this man got away. With, I mean, he literally got away with murder. I mean, he did, and you call what what you Mm -hmm. want to. He had no business going. You are not first of all. You're nobody's cop. You you know you've not been trained. You're one of Mm -hmm. these cops. You you weren't even appointed by your community. You were self appointed to be this quote unquote um, neighborhood white that nobody appointed you to be. And like you, pretty much said that, hey, I can go get my money and I can kill somebody, and you pretty much got
0: away with murder. What, what's the what it called? But means? he disob, he disobeyed the law. Exactly. He disobeyed a direct order from uh, of the law, and that is, when you when it all when you turn back the clock, that's what he does. And, and again, when you take matters into your own hands, you're responsible for what happens from that point forward. Right. Mm-hmm.
1: And do you think that that that, that piece of uh, evidence, piece of the puzzle, was not stressed enough, or you know, people don't realize, you know, the import? Well, pretty much the uh, uh, how should I put it? I mean, they don't realize. That that was
6: a huge part of this whole set. Well, I wonder what did what did Zimmerman do to besides following Trayvon through the rain in the dark? What else did he do to provoke the confrontation? Because from what I understand, it, it doesn't sound like Trayvon was. Trying was out looking for a confrontation. He he went to the store to buy some candy and some soda, and then he was walking back to his dad's. You know, they were going to hang out and you know maybe play some games or watch TV or something. It sounded like he was just minding his own business. What did Zimmerman do that provoked this and escalated it even further than just simply following the kid?
5: He went after him. You know, he just blatantly just went after him. That yeah, is and I would
6: issue. imagine that by going after him, he was shouting, "Hey, you! Hey, what are you doing here? Mm-hmm. You maybe using the n word? It's uh, mm-hmm. shouting stuff." Yeah, at him. and
5: he did because it was stated in the actual fact that
0: he did use that
5: word. Yeah.
6: And when you are approached
0: by uh, someone, and I mean you don't know this person. And yeah, we' someone's being hostile, in scary you're going to times. yourself. Right, and we're in scary times. So when someone approach, it doesn't matter what their size is, and it's sort of an evening, somebody approaches you. I mean, I've had other women approach me. You know, and I'm like, excuse me, but you're going to have to step back a little bit, you know,
4: <sighs> because
0: you don't know what's in the mind uh, of the other person. So I can only imagine what the young man, and he was a child sixteen years old, you know, they don't they don't think like adults do. So his first thought was to be afraid.
4: Right. His and, first thought you know, was to
0: be afraid of him. And you know, people react differently when they're afraid, you know, and and um you know I just remember you know being in situations like that. You know, people come up on you and uh even if it's somebody you know and they startle you. You right. don't know the reactions sometimes that you'll have to those things.
6: I, I would imagine that Trayvon, you know, you know, it was, de- it was described in during the case that, you know, he was walking down the street and looking mm-hmm. around because he felt that he was being followed. He was scared. And when Zimmerman approached him finally and confronted him, he probably had a fright or flight reaction, and his reaction was fight. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you know he probably meant no meant no harm to Zimmerman, but he he was you know just trying to protect himself. You know maybe maybe just a, a punch or whatever, or maybe try to push Zimmerman away, and Zimmerman overreacted.
0: And if he could do that, that meant that Zimmerman was too close. You know, there's such thing as invading someone's space. And if he got, and I I said the same thing you just said, if he was able to touch Zimmerman, then he was too close. And if he was following him from the rear, and Zimmerman was in the rear of Trayvon, what he said happened, I could see if Trayvon, you know, turned around like you said, he was startled, he turned around. I could see that. The young man, you know, it was, he was, it was wrong. We could talk about it all day. We could throw all kinds of scenarios up. Bottom line is, is that Zimmerman disobeyed the law.
4: He
6: yeah, that's disobeyed
0: what the I, direct order of um, law, you know, law enforcement. And that's he took matters into his own yeah.
4: hands. Mm-hmm. Everything and I've can't... heard
6: so far has been like, when when this whole, as I said earlier, everything I've heard was, this is in the bag. Zimmerman is guilty. He's going to get convicted of at least manslaughter, but Mm -hmm. it just seems like. But
0: I didn't think that because I I didn't think that, and the reason why why not is because the bits and pieces of the the court proceedings that I was able to hear, they never focused. I only saw one time where they really. Where they went back and they addressed the um, the telephone call. I'm sure they probably did at other times, but they didn't spend any time on it. And and that was to me that was the most crucial piece to the, this whole thing. You know, if, if there?
6: Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, do you guys think that maybe there was some kind of. Uh lobbying going on by uh groups like the NRA and other uh similarly related groups that want to protect gun rights and uh that may have had an influence on this do you think maybe this is just a paranoid conspiracy thing well, but i, I kind of wonder
1: well this this is my this, this is my opinion um they're going to want to protect the rights and see if the NRA was really objective in this whole situation, what let's, let's hear them come out and say, We're we're about uh, everybody having gun rights. right. You're not gonna hear them ab- um advocating uh, black young black men now, um or uh, mm-hmm. black males now having that same right and, and owning guns to
6: protect themselves. That's the last thing they want. Well look what happened with Marissa Alexander. She was protecting herself against a, an abusive husband mm-hmm. and just fired a, a, a warning shot. She's 20 years in prison now.
0: And she's the one that they used to make an example of uh, of having firearms. She would be the one that they use. I don't think, I think here, I, pro, the, the prosecution in this particular case, the, the Zimmerman-Trayvon case, prosecution was not fire. very strong. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
6: Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was As suggesting a, earlier is that they did not do a very no. good job in uh,
4: no.
6: selecting jury. Members. I mean,
4: this
1: case was a dead giveaway. Right. This, this, this case, this case, this, this. I mean, and I, it almost makes me wonder: did they purposely drop the ball? Like this, on a high-profile case of this nature. I mean, this case was just a gimme, a gimme case. They they could have just mm-hmm. took this and they could have let him
0: have it. I'm just gonna keep it 100. But if you listen to if you listen to the prosecution, I mean the the prosecutors, if you listen to to them as they were presenting um their 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 uh, their area, um you could you you could tell how weak it was. I don't. I think they were misled. I I do believe in my heart of hearts they were misled. But that goes back to what I said about the juror. They had a responsibility to do what was right. And sometimes when things are heated the way that they were in this particular case, we tend to not look at what's what's most important. I I they, and so they miss a lot of opportunity. They did. They missed a lot of things that were so crucial to this piece. And I just believe that um, had they not uh, missed these particular areas, that they would have, uh, the outcome would have been different. I can't predict what the outcome would have been, but I'm saying I believe that it would have been a lot different, and and I think that a lot of people would not have been so hard on uh, the fact that the prosecutor's. Uh, did not um hone in on it, and i've even heard uh some of the commentators talk about it you know how they they just failed to uh to even uh go into detail about some of these other uh these areas and it is so important because we're we're talking about law then you know we we're talking about law anytime you you disobey uh law enforcement. You're committing a crime when you do that, and right. there is a reason. And there is a reason why you don't want to do that. There's a reason for that, and that's because the law says that you can't do that, and this is what's going to happen to you if you do. And so that's why, I, I just I'm just I would love to know what the prosecutors were. I I, just, I would love to know what they were thinking about that one piece. I really would. And and uh you know and I and I you know, a lot of people are saying a lot of uh of nasty things and I think that what we're saying tonight it's really wholesome things. Uh and, and the conversation is the the way that we're having a conversation is the way that it should be, um, mm-hmm. elsewhere. And it's so sad uh, that uh that it can't be that way because they just to me it adds fuel to the fire. Uh, so I just, you know, look for more positive um, and constructive conversations such as this one.
6: So do you guys think that there's going to be a federal case uh, opened up?
1: Absolutely. Yes, we'll ask you guys, do you think that um, this case has the potential of uh, going federal? Because I know people, I know they were seeing how, at one point I think they were seeing Obama um, was looking to uh take over this case. hmm Does anybody think so? Um, oh,
6: yeah. I don't think Obama's <laughs> going to do anything. Uh, I think he's going to just turn it over to his advisors and let them make a decision.
3: Yeah. Like he always does. Yeah.
6: I agree. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
3: Exactly.
1: I'm, I'm just going to keep it real. I mean, you know, I mean, I... I, you know me. I, you know, I, I'm a huge Obama fan, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna call it like I said. I, yeah. I think that, you know, you know, it, it is what it is, and and I'm just gonna be honest with you. I understand what he. I mean, I understand he has good intentions when he says, you know, I look at a, look at Trayvon. If I had a son, he would look like Trayvon. But I think you as a president, I think he should, I think he should have remained more neutral. You know what I'm saying? With you being a leader of every, I think he should have remained more neutral. I think he shouldn't have went that far. But, you know, like, like, like Collar just said, you know, as always, he's just going to hand over to his advisor. Because, I mean, I'm just going to keep it real with you. Obama has been trying to appease both sides too long. Instead of getting in there and being progressive and getting in there and and doing what you're supposed to do, you, you're still worried about what the other side – is thinking and what They're going to do you know They they don't care about what what The Democrats are going to do or what they Say or what they think if they have An agenda they're going to get that agenda Passed and, and they don't care Who's in with it you know So
4: mm-hmm.
1: I, I, that, that's just My opinion that's my opinion mm-hmm. uh, I agree
3: I think you should definitely um, Stay neutral with the situation And kind of let the uh, mm-hmm. state Do what they had to do you know what I mean And um, just, you know, push people to be more proactive. But getting personally involved and taking sides, you know, it can definitely send the the wrong messages, you know what I'm saying? Like because to a degree, you you know, maybe people will, will be afraid to defend themselves, you know what I mean? Maybe they don't want to, you know, somebody can have a situation where, you know, they may have to use force against somebody, and maybe they won't feel comfortable knowing that everybody's so against it, you know, like having all that. I don't know how to like describe it perfectly, but
1: yeah, I just think he should have stayed neutral. Yeah, and you know, and and I think especially with a case with this being so high profile, you don't want to, especially with you being president of the United States, you don't want to be, you know, regardless people say about he, he's still influential, and you want to stay out of that because you don't want. The case to go either what you know what I'm saying you don't you don't want to be responsible or be held responsible for the case going one way or the other. So right. I, I definitely agree with the caller on that. That's 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 a very good point. Um, definitely. I think but,
4: I don't uh, know
0: if I'm anybody on. saw. I, before mm-hmm. you move on, I just if I if I may. uh I, uh President Obama came back on after he made that original statement and he explained what he meant by that comment. And he was talking about his features. If you've seen some of the older pictures of President Obama, you can really see a lot of similarities. And he clarified what he meant when he said that. But one thing that we have to remember also, President Obama is a man. And he has feelings and uh I do agree with what you said also that, as a president, he is very influential. that is true. however, he is a man, and if there was ever any time to show that and i and i he shows it a lot of times in in any catastrophes, any of the bombings, any of the kill- i mean he's always come out and uh and expressed how he felt, so he's we have to pathetic. remember that too. So thank you. Thank you for allowing me to make that comment.
1: Carl mm-hmm. um, 678, did you, did you have something else? I mean, did you, I thought you, I, mean, I think you had something else to say or. Well, I agree with her. You know, I agree with um, her as well, but um,
3: I understand that he's a man and he has, emo- you know, he has feelings and emotions, but I just feel like like you were saying, when you're the leader of the country, you know what I mean, sometimes you have to like, Put your feelings aside And you know what I mean You just have to think about What's best for the people in general You know what I mean You don't want to just Take one side And leave the other side hanging You know what I'm saying Because there's some people Who mm-hmm. feel like You know What he did was in self-defense You know I don't think I think he was guilty But you know I think as a leader Of the free world Of the free country You shouldn't You know You definitely shouldn't Like get involved In an emotional sense I get and, it. You, you know, and I,
1: mean, I, and I think a lot of people can go, you know what I'm saying, it's one of those things, you know, and, and it's not because if you if you disagree with him, it's not that you're not a of Obama. I mean, there's people right. that go either way with that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I, I think sometimes it's just, you know, you, you have to, I know, like you said, he's a man, he has feelings, but sometimes you have to put on that tough face. You have mm-hmm. to. And, right. and I think... um that's something that we have to realize with you being the the leader of the most powerful country in the world. you mm-hmm. know you're a superpower, you have to uh put on that strong face sometimes and you know and it's just and it's it's hard to do but um, don't you think one of the yeah, go ahead
6: I was just gonna say, um don't you think as America's first african American president? he might feel a duty to stand up for the African-Americans in our society and uh, make a statement like that.
4: But I think I mean, when you take a statement...
1: I too. Like I said, I see both sides of the issue, but we don't want to get... And, 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 and that's why you got to kind of walk a fine line because you don't want to ever get in a position to where, okay, you you, you got to... And I'm just gonna keep it real. You have to realize that Obama is just not the president for black people. And I know I know he's in there, and I know he should be making uh, changes for the people. But see, you don't want to get into it that. Get into that. you, you walk walking a fine line. You don't want to get into that position to where people start to say, oh, you're just for the black people. We are, and, and let's just keep it real. You know, Obama got in because. Uh, You know, the votes of everybody So the thing is, he has to walk that fine line And I I can kind of see where, you know I can see both sides of the issue It's one of those things I I have a strong thing to where, you know He should have remained kind of neutral But still at the same time I I, I can see what, what, you know Other people who are on the other side of the issue How they feel about it, you know what I'm saying So it's one of those things he has With him being the first black president he he has to really walk that fine line, and At the time, also,
6: there was the whole thing with uh, Sandy Hook, with uh, and the whole gun gun control debate. So there, you have to factor that in also.
1: Right, right. Um, I think we just had Michael join the line six six three. Yeah, eight one two six six three. this you. Yeah, it's me.
4: Yes.
1: So um, we. Um, we've just been discussing and we're about to um change shift gears here and get on um this Bill O'Reilly um situation. But we've just been discussing the whole entire um um Zimmerman trial, I mean the verdict and um I guess one of the jurors came out and and, and she was she was like one of the only minorities that was on the uh, who was a juror and I guess um she came out on Good Morning America and said how she kind of regrets pretty much not having a backbone, and, you know, which led to the acquittal of Zimmerman. But to me, like we were saying, like, what difference does that make now because this man has been acquitted, you know? And and, and you you being a juror, like like the caller just said, like, um, I believe she uh, got off, but, Um, she was saying how this is not a time for you to go, this is not a go with the flow thing. You have to vote from your heart or vote from your conscience. You see what
8: I'm saying? Yeah, that's what it was supposed to be when she was on the jury.
1: Yeah.
7: So what do you
8: feel about the whole entire um, acquittal of
1: George Zimmerman? Like, um, what's your personal opinion about this? Because I know we haven't had an official statement from you yet about the whole situation.
8: I'm really kind of shocked because I didn't – I mean, I'm not shocked, but I am. I, you and I had talked about it when it was going through deliberations, and I know I was like, well, you know what? It wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. I guess I'm not surprised, but at the same time it's kind of like, wow, really? I'm yeah. not surprised, but still, you actually – you really did. You really did get acquitted. Wow, seriously? (laughs) And did
1: you guys hear about um, Venderman? I think I had a – well, I don't think I had an article for that. Let me see if I had – I don't think I uploaded a clip either. But I guess now they said that he is a hero because – and I I just want to know, like, you know, know, I'm – I mean, do you think this is a big conspiracy? I mean, people are just, it's people that have all kinds of things. I guess, did you hear about he, how he um, saved a family or he pulled out a family of four out of the overturned SUV? That I did hear body? about that, yes. I, I, I just heard kind
8: about that. And went, okay, whatever. <laughs> I mean, because to me, do you think that that...
1: This, he took advantage of this. Like, do you think that just like I like this lady that was the juror I think these people are pulling PR stunts. You yeah. know what I'm
4: saying? Like, no I, doubt,
1: I, no doubt in my mind.
9: He's definitely PR stunt.
1: an opportunist. He's an opportunist. And and mm-hmm. I know me and Steve was talking about that, and I know you have something
4: to say about that.
8: Well, one of my theories is that surely to God, this guy can't have the type of luck to have been in whether you want to call it right or wrong place at the right or wrong time in all these different instances. One person's not usually that lucky or unlucky.
6: (laughs) So he was looking for people drowning. I mean, when I go get
8: a lottery, I pull a
1: lottery damn ticket. Got it. Exactly. I
8: mean, I I
1: have to pull me a damn scratch-off ticket.
8: Yeah, and looking at it from an emergency services perspective, you don't pull people out of... Freaking wrecked cars. That's how you do spinal damage, and that's how you put people in wheelchairs. You yeah, you call
3: the police and you wait.
8: Yeah, you let hey, the professionals. This, do this it. is a question I wanted to wait uh, on
1: you to get. Well, we all know I... that he doesn't take no to that.
3: He doesn't. He doesn't listen to those police orders.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so let me. Michael, I wanted to ask you this because now that you're online, we we brought this up earlier. Um. I think what was the question I was going to ask you? I was going to ask you um, from a law. I mean, with you being in well, you know, in law enforcement, uh, do you think that he was wrong for not obeying the the orders of
8: uh, emergency services when they told him do not follow this young boy? Absolutely, and I think that that is exactly what's going to hang him in the civil suit. Because in the civil suit, they're going to argue, because when you look at the criminal element, criminal elements are weighed totally differently than civil elements. And when you look at the civil elements, that's what's going to hang him right there, because there's going to be like, well, was there an opportunity for you to have kept this from happening? Was there an opportunity that if you had done this differently, and were you given the opportunity to do it differently? And he was. He was. Because the dispatcher clearly told him on the phone, "Do not keep following this guy. Stop." Mm-hmm. And he disobeyed the direct order of him. So, you know, you know these dispatchers are trained to tell you these things for a reason. And when that mm-hmm. that tape's going to go to court, and I think that will be probably one of the number one things that will hang in civil court and be like, "Listen." <laughs> you screwed up, they told you not to, you did pay up. Right. Um.
1: Yeah, and, and um, that's pretty much what I wanted to ask you. It was another question I had, but I'm, if I remember, I'm going to ask you that, but I just want you to give, like, a legal uh, point of view of that uh, particular situation. Um. I want to move on to our next story because this is, like, what I really wanted to get on tonight. Um, there's another well, there's another case that We're going to talk about in a little bit um, um, Where a 77 year old Male um, Shot a 13 year old Young black boy We're going to talk about that again Here um, shortly But I want to get on this whole entire Bill O'Reilly situation And I don't know Those of you that follow me on Facebook you, you know what I'm talking about Because I posted the uh, a commentary from the Young Turks that pretty much outlines this whole situation and pretty much um, Zimmerman um, claims that the problems of the black community are solely because of the black community and pretty much um, I think in this clip well I got another clip where um, Tavis Smiley lays into him but this is a commentary from The Young Turks, we're going to come back and discuss this. I'm not going to play the whole commentary, but I just want you guys to get um, a feel of what we're going to be talking about. And uh, I'm going to play this clip. But before I do, I want to let everybody know, if you want to join the conversation, uh, feel free to call in at area code 646-915-8200. Once again, that's 646-915-8200. If you're on Facebook, spread the word. Um, We're just having a community dialogue tonight. It's been a very good dialogue so far. I'm very uh, pleased with the dialogue so far. If you want to join us on Facebook, send your comments in that way. Um, You can do so. Um, Just look us up under the Urban Coalition of Freelance Writers, or UCOFW. Type that in on Facebook, Um, and the group page should um, pop up. And um, just just you know just join our page and you know you'll get updates on the show you get updates on um, our video interviews that come out um, we, we we post a lot of articles we have a lot of good discussions in there I think you would enjoy that um, group page if, if you want to join that and also we have our YouTube channel as well um, at youtubecom ucofw. rate comment and subscribe I would really appreciate that I want to thank all our New subscribers, we've had an influx of subscribers lately, and I want to thank you guys for supporting us because, like I said, people don't have to support you. They don't have to believe in your message. So I want to thank you guys for that. Um, and pretty much that's it. We're going to go to um, this video, you know, this clip from the Young Turks, if I can find it. I had it queued up Uh, And while I'm doing that uh, Michael
8: is there anything that you wanted to share tonight Or anything that you've seen in the uh, media No unfortunately I have been really out of the loop The last couple of days With work schedules being all messed up And everything else So I'm running behind on my Keeping up with the world here (laughs) Yeah
1: Okay, here we go. Um, this clip is like nine minutes, but I'm just going to play like about three minutes of it so you guys can just get a, 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 a gist to this. This is just ridiculous. This is just, man, when I come back, I'm going to really go in because, first of all, like people like this are the reason why we remain divided in this country and, and the reason why um, we, we can't come together as Americans. And we're divided as a group of people because people like Bill Riley wants they want to throw, they, they're always so quick to point at other communities and point out their flaws. And, you know, when the bigger picture isn't even about that. So we're going to go to this clip, and when we come back we'll discuss it.
7: is going to take on President Obama and I'm going to take on Bill O'Reilly he's addressing President Obama's uh, speech on race on Friday Uh, O'Reilly's back on Monday and he's going to let the President have it he's glad he talked about race but he claims he's got everything wrong because of course Bill O'Reilly has black people figured out much better than President Obama so let's hear
10: young black men commit homicides at a rate 10 times greater than whites and Hispanics combined. When presented with damning evidence like that, and like the mini holocaust in Chicago where hundreds of African Americans are murdered each year, the civil rights industry looks the other way or makes excuses. They blame guns, poor education, lack of jobs. Rarely do they define the problem accurately. So here it is. The reason there is so much violence and chaos in the black precincts is the disintegration of the African-American family. Right now about 73 percent of all black babies are born out of wedlock. That drives poverty and the lack of involved fathers leads to young boys growing up resentful and unsupervised. When was the last time you saw a public service ad telling young black girls to avoid becoming pregnant. Has President Obama done such an ad? How about Jackson or Sharpton? Has a Congressional Black Caucus demanded an ad like that? How about the PC pundits who work for NBC News? White people don't force black people to have babies out of wedlock. That's a personal decision. A decision that has devastated millions of children and led to disaster both socially and economically. So, raised without much structure, young black men often reject education and gravitate towards the street culture, drugs, hustling, gangs. Nobody forces them to do that. Again, it is a personal decision.
7: First of all, stop pretending that you care about black people they always bring it up in the context of like oh there's so much black on black crime and god you know i the victims are black and i'm the one looking out for them no you're not all you want to do and it screams through that whole piece is you want to blame black people you, they've created a holocaust a mini holocaust in chicago look we've covered chicago on the show many times and it's a disaster what's happening it's not a holocaust there's way too much gun violence in chicago but it isn't black people holocausting their own people, etc. When he uh, talks about how, oh my God, there's no ads at all uh, talking about how young black uh, girls shouldn't get pregnant. That's not true. We covered the ads on the show, and there were some controversial ads about how don't get pregnant, what happens to the kid if you wind up getting pregnant, etc. So it's just not true, as usual, with Bill O'Reilly. He says, how come President Obama isn't doing that ad? Really? President Obama is going to do an ad about, hey, don't get pregnant. Is he going to do every public service announcement in the country? It's absurd. What does o- O'Reilly actually want to do? He wants to blame black people for every part of the problem. It's your personal decision. It's your fault. And the people that didn't fix it are President Obama, Al Sharpton, Jesse Jackson. It's their fault for not fixing it. And he literally says in the b- middle there, uh, don't blame white people. Now, look, are there. Uh, 73% of uh, blacks being uh, kids now being born out of wedlock. Yes, that's true. Do you know that for under the age of 30, for all races, now the majority of kids are born out of wedlock? It's not just a black issue. It's a more of a generational issue than anything else. It does have some societal consequences, and I don't begrudge the conservatives talking about that at all. That's a perfectly fair conservative point to make, whether you agree with it or don't, as to whether it's the real root cause of it but he doesn't mention all of the races he doesn't mention uh, this generational divide on that issue this cultural divide on that issue between older people and younger people it's so like all black people and now he, and when it comes to crime he talks about how black people commit more crime but again we don't have a sense of why what's happening uh, outside of this one thing that they've latched onto families families and personal decisions black people had it coming they all made these personal decisions and they like to have sex Outside of wedlock, so they had it coming in two different ways, right? Now, what he doesn't tell you is yes, among poor whites and poor blacks, there's a huge disparity in crime. It's true. Now, when you go to other uh, societal uh, uh, stratification issues, when you go to upper class blacks and upper class whites, and by that we simply mean the income brackets, is there a difference? Well, if it's, as these guys seem to imply, you know, blacks, you know, They like to have kids out of wedlock, they have cultural issues, they have personal issues. Well, then then rich blacks should commit more crimes, et cetera, et cetera, than white blacks. But they don't. Well, how about middle class blacks? You say, well, the rich doesn't count. They're all rich. They don't have to commit crimes. Or they commit white collar crimes and get away with it. (laughs) Right? The middle class? No difference in crime between African Americans and whites. No difference. So why is there a difference among poorer Americans? It's mainly an issue of how you live, where you live. Do you live in a pocket of opportunity? Do you live in a pocket of of poverty? So, for example, even if you're poorer in Seattle, you have a chance of moving up the ladder more than if you're in middle class in Atlanta. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that really interesting? And in fact, when you study it, and professors and 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 people who do this for a living have actually studied it, unlike Bill O'Reilly, who's like, I got this thing figured out. I know the street culture. These blacks, they like the rap music and all that, and they like to have sex out of wedlock. I figured it out, right? No, you didn't figure anything out. When they study, they find out that poor whites are more spread out, whereas poor blacks are concentrated in certain areas. That makes a vicious cycle of poverty and crime. So there's actually a way to fix it. And it isn't by blaming black people. It's by being proactive and having the government make the right decisions. And by the way, if you took a conservative angle on this, there's a perfectly legitimate one. Saying, hey, you know what? The government screwed up when they created the projects. And that they created ghettos. And that they put poor people all in the same place. And it wound up creating this vicious cycle. That's a fair point. Why don't you make that point? But he doesn't make that point. Instead, he goes, ah, you know, they make these personal decisions with their gangster culture, etc. And he's got more on that. Watch.
10: But the entertainment industry encourages the irresponsibility by marketing a gangster culture, hip-hop movies, trashy TV shows to impressionable children. In fact, President Obama has welcomed some of the worst offenders in that cesspool to the White House when he should be condemning what these weasels are doing. These so-called entertainers get rich, while the kids who emulate their lyrics and attitude destroy themselves. And then there's the drug situation. Go to Detroit and ask anyone living on the south side of the 8-mile road what destroyed their city. They will tell you narcotics. They know addiction leads to crime and debasement. But what do the race hustlers and limousine liberals yell about? The number of black men in prison for selling drugs. Oh, it's so unfair. It's a nonviolent crime. And blacks are targeted. That is one of the biggest lies in the history of this country.
7: The guy is brazen, man. What is your facts on that? In fact, we've shown you that they just did a study and found out that even though whites and blacks Do drugs at the same rate. Same rate. Blacks across this country are arrested at a four times higher rate. That's a fact. But in the no spin zone, they don't give a damn about facts. Now, does that mean? Does that fact mean that there isn't a drug problem in some of the inner cities? Of course, there's a drug problem in the inner cities. It doesn't mean that at all. But it doesn't mean because there's a drug problem in the inner cities that you have to crack down on the people who took those drugs and say, "Ha ha, we're going to punish you more than we punish white people. We're going to put you in jail, where you're going to get exposed to more crime, more drugs, etc." That's an incredibly dumb way to go about it. And one more thing: at every step of the way, O'Reilly has. Condescension dripping from his mouth, oh, the race hustlers, and, and in the past he's talking about pimps and hustlers. Gee, oh, those code words are so hard to figure out. when's the last time Bill O'Reilly ever called a white person a hustler or a pimp? and whenever he talks about uh, black people, oh those gangsters, and they get invited to the White House, those weasels, those hustlers, those pimps, etc. Gee, Bill O'Reilly, I can't quite tell if you're really trying to help black people or just blame them. It's kind of hard to figure out. You really got me.
1: All right, we're back. Um, I'm going to jump and play... Um, we got one more clip I want to play. I want to uh, talk about this whole situation. This clip comes from another um, commentary from The Young Turks where Kevin Smiley pretty much puts Bill O'Reilly in check. And um, this pretty much discusses um, Tavis Smiley disarms Bill O'Reilly with suggestion to arm every black person. So we're going to play a little bit of this, and we're going to come back and uh, talk about this. And pretty much we're going to jump to our last story and wrap up the
7: show. So Tavis Smiley decides to go on the no spin zone, and he's going to make two great points here that I absolutely love uh... the only thing i love more is at the very end bill o'reilly's reaction so let's all pay close attention
9: african-americans are not seeing that same kind of empathy and appreciation for the humanity of trayvon that they saw for the children of sandy hook i'm waiting to hear i haven't heard it yet i'm waiting to hear the nra say that if trayvon martin had had a gun he might still be alive today the bottom line is that race is still the most intractable issue in this country and when an adult can profile and stalk and kill a child in America, our democracy is threatened. You said that America has it is contempt, contempt no. for black Absolutely. men. And they Absolutely. don't. America doesn't I, I have, contempt. have that's contempt. That's wrong. That's, it's that's not true. You Bill, can't be already up. Bill, you can't Let me back it up. Let, I, let, I'll back it up right now. I've said already that black men so often are viewed in this country as a menace to society, number one. Number two, look at the, the criminalization, the over criminalization of black boys in our education system, number two. Number three, look at the racist drug laws. you got to get caught with more crack than powder cocaine to get the same sentence. Look at the high unemployment numbers in this country uh, with specific regard to African-American men. And finally, consider this, Bill. The only reason why this case even was brought in the first place, the only reason why it even came to trial is because there was a national hue and cry. If there were the value for black male life in America that there is for white male life in America, it wouldn't have required all that it took just to get this even, the charges even filed, the case even, even brought Bill.
10: Wa- I'm glad the case came to trial. I think the trial was fair. And all the points you raise are societal problems where there are there is another side. There's genocide going on in Chicago and it's blacks killing blacks, okay? Whites have nothing to do with it. I don't believe that America has you- contempt for black men. I believe a lot of the problem is generated by the blacks themselves.
9: That- won't solve the problems of their neighborhood, I, and and I could solve I could solve the problem too. Arm every black person in America, and then let's see what the N.R.A. has to say. All right, Davis. I mean, that's a little extreme.
7: Oh, I love that. I mean, oh, wait, wait 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 We argue that all white people should be armed all the time. The only thing that stops a bad guy bad guy with a uh, gun is a good guy with a gun, right? That's the only thing that stops it. Arm everybody so they can protect themselves. Oh wait. We didn't mean black people. I mean that, that's a little extreme. No, hey, don't be crazy, dog. Okay. <laughs> I mean I didn't mean black man. That's that's crazy, dog. You know how they are. <laughs> Thank you very much for proving Tevis Smiley's point perfectly. Right. Now Smiley also mentioned in there. He said, "All oh, right," right, like, "Yeah, you can't prove it." It reminded me, of course, tides go in, tides go out. You can't explain that. He's like, "Well, actually, I can." Let me give you a four-part thesis on it. But one thing he didn't even mention is blacks and whites in this country. Uh, use drugs at the same exact rate, you know, uh, per capita, as a percentage of the population, etc. Right? Uh, but blacks get arrested at four times the rate. So that, there's, that was a, done in a recent study in some cities in some states at eight times the rate of whites. Uh, yeah, no, no, you can't say that Americans uh, uh, treat blacks in any way differently. No, I, of course not. No, I mean, I wouldn't give them guns or anything like that. Look at the genocide they're committing in Chicago. All of a sudden, it's a genocide. Look, we talk about Chicago on the show all the time. But to say that, eh, to turn that around, like, there's no, black people don't have any problem with whites in this country. They don't have any problem with injustice in this country. The only problem black people have is, according to O'Reilly, you heard it right there in that clip, other black people. So you have the same problem as white people do, black people. He said, oh, no, no, blacks are doing it to themselves, they're doing the genocide. And then I love the, Earlier point, Smiley made as well. Hey, how come the NRA hasn't come out and said, if Trayvon just had a gun, he'd be alive today? Isn't that what they say in almost every instance? The only thing that stops a bad guy with a gun who comes and picks a fight with you and follows you around the neighborhood and stalks you is a good guy with a gun. If Trayvon had had the gun, we wouldn't have had the strategy in the first place. Wow, that's really weird that NRA didn't say that. It seemed like all the uh, gun advocates seemed to be on Zimmerman's side. Even though he's the one that seemed to have started the altercation, certainly follows uh Trayvon and he's the one that killed Trayvon now, if you have a gun and you're using it against a black guy, you are by definition innocent, but I don't know what Tavis Smiley would be talking about uh, discrimination against blacks in this country oh no, 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 only by other blacks
1: okay this I'm back, and I don't even know where to start because I've got so much I want to say. And before I, I I jump in here, um, I know me and you were talking about this early. See, what what do you have to say? I know you had a lot to say earlier. What, what 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 was your first reaction when you heard this?
5: My first reaction to this is the fact is that he is just prejudiced, and he is a racist. And um, I'm going to keep their real because of the simple fact that he can't, he is taking what, and I'm just using this as a general point, he's taking what a handful of African Americans have done in this, you know, world period or in this country and has stereotyped Every African-American, and the fact of the matter is, is that we have all races that um, have done things like that. But just like you said earlier, and I said, I'm not in that. I'm not going to be categorized as that because I am educated. Okay, I'm highly, highly educated. I was raised very well. So um, I'm not I'm not really even going to say that I even fit in that category, but for him to sit there and to say that just basically means that he is a racist, and he really is, and he is absolutely prejudiced, and and he has no right to even say that. And the fact of the matter is, is that all that kind of stuff that he says that African Americans do, I'm just gonna be honest. I don't see all this um, crazy stuff. You know, like, we don't um, do all these bombings and uh, all this kind of stuff and putting uh, kids into ovens and microwaves and all this kind of stuff. You know, we don't do stuff like this. So for him to just say that, you know, we are um, dastardly people, he has truly lost his mind. So I definitely do not agree with anything
1: that he has said. I want to say that. I'm going to to jump in here on this. Let me jump in on this. To me, and and, and people like this kill me, you're so quick to always point the finger at another group of people and point out their flaws and point out that. And and to me, like, okay, you're pointing out the problem, but what's the solution? Like, to me, like you said, you know, you you want to sit there and think that you're you're making a statement. Okay, this this is this is one of my main problems. Is you're talking about how Jesse Jackson and Al Schwartz and all these people, um, and 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 this and the other how they should come out and, and make a statement about this. First of all, um, no one person represents a whole group of people. And like C said, um. The stuff that you're talking about, it doesn't it doesn't really relate to me. Like you said, I'm 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 very educated too. I was raised um, by both of my parents. I, I had a good childhood. I, I I believe that I'm a productive citizen of society. So, you know what you're talking about is irrelevant to me. But what makes me mad is when, you know, you're putting my, you're putting a whole group of people in a in a, in a category where most most and you're talking about people. You're not That's even right. talking. The, the issue that you're talking about is not even a racial issue. You're talking about a classism. You're talking about
4: mm-hmm. things that
1: deal with class, and deal. you're talk, you're dealing with more social and economic things. But, see, you don't want to look at it like this. And that is why this country remains divided because of ignorant, um, ill-informed people such as this, this idiot or this clown. And then you don't even want to address the um, inequalities within the justice system. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to talk about the inequalities, you know, socially and economically. I, because, like like you said, you know, uh, and, and let's just keep it real. A uh, white person can go out here, and I'm not, you know, and I'm not, you know, by me. I'm just mm-hmm. keeping it real. They can go out here and commit the same crime, but a lot of them already have social privilege. They have, they have, um, they're able to be the, the the system is more designed for them to be treated equally versus black males, and and I'm, I'm sorry to say this nine times out ten they're gonna have the books thrown at them harder, and don't be don't don't get it misconstrued. <laughs> you no, know, don't think that that you know whites don't commit crime. You know a lot of the crime mm-hmm. that they commit is is, is really more high like it's, it's more. You know what I'm saying It's, it's more white people mm-hmm. call it crime, and it's really on a higher scale, you know what I'm saying, and for you to sit there and I, and, and I mean and I'm saying this. okay, I'm saying all this to say that you can't say that crime doesn't affect all groups of people. you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. and for you to sit there and make it seem like make it seem like that blacks are always considered the villains, they're always considered the criminals, and whites are. Totally blame. Let's talk about your community. Why don't you so quick to talk about blacks? Let's talk about your community. Mm -hmm. So you mean where white commit crime against each other? That's not an issue.
6: Let me jump in here. Not an
4: issue.
6: I want to Mm -hmm. jump in here and say something. Um, Mm -hmm. In in these videos with Bill O'Reilly, he is placing the blame on the black community. Uh, jesse james al sharpton etc he's not accepting the blame for our culture and society at large it is all of us all of us are responsible for these problems not just one ethnic group we are all responsible for this i live in anderson indiana I live in a mixed community. I've got an African-American, a couple African-American families living across the street from me. Those people are great, but just down the street from me, I've got some some white people that they are always fighting, always, you know, problems with them. The, the, the cops get called on them, not the African-American neighbors across the street from me. So, also here in Anderson, Indiana, there is a very bad teen pregnancy problem. There is just no no education for contraception and whatnot. Uh, when the high school has a uh, a prom, they have a child uh, child care center, so that the teen mothers and fathers can go. Dance to their stupid music mm-hmm. at their proms. So, whatever Bill O'Reilly is talking about, pardon my French, but he he's full of shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and,
0: Seneca, can, can I go.
5: say one more thing? Go ahead. Okay. And I just want to say this. And then the comment that Bill O'Reilly was talking about about African American uh females, let me say this: I am an African American female, and my mom was the young lady that was on the phone or they had called in earlier that uh when she was talking about the Zimmerman thing. Now, my mother raised me by herself. yes, she did have me out of wedlock but sure- but shortly after that, she got married, but ended up divorced from my father. She raised me by herself. I never once went out there and smoked a joint, had sex, smoked a cigarette, went out there and done anything under the sun. I never done those things, never, never ever. So I just wanted to say that, you know, if he looks at these households where the parents are truly, where the African-American parents, these single households where African American um mothers um are raising their mothers or fathers are raising their children, they will see the positive atmosphere that a lot of these households have and they will see the actual benefit of a lot of these single parents like my mom. Um they they will see the um Product which which are these educated African-American uh, females that are out here that the society does not see, you know, because they're too busy stereotyping. So I just wanted to say that.
1: And I really feel, and I'm going to add this on here too. Um, you guys still there? Okay. I, I want to, and this is my thing, I'm so sick of society always putting down not, it's not just a black male, but they're always putting down black females. Black females have mm-hmm. always been stereotyped, especially in the media. You know, and that's why I don't mm-hmm. really—I'm I'm really starting not to even want to support a lot of these reality shows. They always want to portray white black women as ghetto, ratchet, uneducated, nappy-headed. You know, um, you know, always fighting. Got kids on mm-hmm. on each kid letting their backbone mm-hmm. slip. See what I'm saying? <laughs> but but mm-hmm. but, I, but I'm I'm just being serious. I'm so sick of this negative yeah. stereotype when a lot right. of black women are professional. They are they're you know some of them are single parents, but they're holding down their households. And and I'm so sick of black men are always being portrayed as, you know. It, 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 this this just goes into a can go into just a deep conversation because the, the black male has always been put down and he's always been looked at as less to the man and I mean it's it's just really really this deep like you know and and I'm just so sick of the, the black woman always is being seen as unattractive um is always mm-hmm. being seen as just a negative icon in mainstream culture. And really contrary to the reality of it. You know what I'm saying? And I'm just so sick of it. And and people like this Mm -hmm. are not doing anything to correct the problem. He is bringing a divisive spirit over this country. Mm -hmm. That's why we can't get past race in this country even in 2013. And I'm so sick of these people talking about, um, you know, you always want to play the race card. You always, and they got this this colorblind kumbaya spirit where you want to sit here and deny that there's a problem with race, there's a problem with um, things socially and economically. There's inequality, I don't care what anybody says, in the justice system. Mm
7: -hmm. You know,
1: there's there's, there's an imbalance of
7: resources.
1: You know Mm what I'm saying? and, and, And I'm sick of people sitting here saying that, Oh there's no you know no racism. it's just a figment of your imagination. Let me tell you something until you have been on the other side because let me tell you something um, you know how does it you don't you'll never know how it feels if you if you're a person that's in the majority, you will never know how it feels to be qualified and and have mm-hmm. and have worked twice as hard all your life only to always be rejected and you and you're just qualified, not more qualified than your majority counterpart.
4: Mm-hmm. And see, and
1: what makes me sick is these people want to deny that this is a problem in this country. And like I said, you know, and you always want to make it seem like it's a figment of our imagination. Oh, there's nothing wrong. You're just lazy. You don't want to step it up. I said to like I said, two you until you walk um um a someone else's shoes, you have no right to judge. You have no right to point your mm-hmm. finger you to sit there and to put all blacks in, in in that thick of a category. You know better than these quote unquote you said entertainers that you saying let me tell you something. Let me get something straight here right now. It is not the entertainers responsibility to raise your children. Mm-hmm you got all these other entertainers, all these singers, and everything promoting all these other stills and everything else. On people, when black people are doing the same thing, then you want to point them out. Let me tell you something: it's not just their responsibility to raise your kids. They got mm-hmm. their hustle; it's a legal hustle. If they want to be in a part in the adult industry, or uh, be per- these are performers. These are not mm-hmm. I. These are not people that are responsible to raise your kids. And for you to talk about um, this, that, and the other, and these people perpetuating this, that, and the other, how about parents be a damn model to your own children and stop trying to hold these people up to a level? You know what I'm saying? hmm
6: I want to so- give a shout-out to a, a co-worker of my own. Uh, this is a woman that works in the same company I work, with, work in. Um, she's an African-American woman. Her name is Bernadette. She is so freaking smart. She she knows this stuff. She when I have problems with a, a tech issue, I call. Hey Bernadette, please help me. Can you help me? She helps me out and she gets it figured out. She's an African American woman. She knows her shit. So there, just, there is what, 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 no what reason.
1: Is I I just really am tired of the divide. I'm just tired of we are in two thousand and thirteen. We're still dealing with the same old issues that we've been dealing with in this country for hundreds of years. It's not it, it, it's just and, and like I said, it's it's almost like and I and I'm not trying to be funny when I say this, y'all. Please please don't think I'm trying to be funny when I'm saying this. But this is almost like a damn bad As roach infestation, and you know how bad it is to get rid of them bad rambajans. This is like a a, a bad ant problem, bad ant ant infestation, or termite infestation. It is hard to get rid of it because it's hard to kill off them generations because they keep
10: reproducing.
1: No matter how many Mm -hmm. many you think you killed, there's always some more that pops up. And when I'm referring to roaches, I'm referring to people that that perpetuate. This divisive
6: spirit. You know what, I'm what we need and is wanted, something to happen that's going to be a big shock to the system. We just need a big shock to the system to change people's minds. Right. Um. I. Um. Maybe for example something like. Um, I don't know. Um, I'm a science fiction fan, so maybe we need something like uh, in Star Trek where we meet aliens and we realize, oh, guess what? There's something else out there living in the universe.
8: You know, I'm thoroughly convinced that if you showed aliens up on this planet and introduced them to the human race – I am thoroughly convinced that they could come here with the greatest intentions and want to fix all of our problems, and we would try and kill them. Mm
4: -hmm.
8: We would. (laughs) We'd screw it up as a human race. We'd try and kill them because that's the only thing we know how to do is try and kill each other.
4: Mm -hmm.
8: And that's just such a, and when you look at it, it's such a barbaric um, and just a very
1: primal type of attitude to have.
6: Uh, I
4: don't
6: yeah barbaric, maybe, but if you look at uh the uh for example the mongol uh civilization the mongols they tried to incorporate every civilization every city state that that, that they uh conquered if you did not um uh, bow down, then they destroyed you, but if you agreed to their terms, then they integrated you. And the Mongols um, had the world's biggest uh, civilization and empire in the entire world for all of uh, civilization as we know it. Um, It spanned China through Europe. Uh, the, the Germans tried to build a civilization and all they could get was a part of Europe. Um, it,
8: but people got a lot smarter since then.
6: <laughs> I don't think...
8: Between the Mongols we, we and the-
6: are We are just as intelligent as people were 2,000, 3,000 years ago. Our intelligence has not changed. It's our sophistication That has changed, hopefully
8: I think that's a nice hope to have But I don't know if I entirely
6: Uh, We are no more smarter now than we were 2,000, 3,000 years ago We're just as smart as our ancestors You think it's one of those things that we have just built
1: We have just built on our intelligence You know, over time we were still as as um, intelligent as we were, like you said, two or three thousand years ago, but we just have, we
8: just built on what we have learned throughout. It's time. not a matter if, of if intelligence, you wanted to take it's a two thousand year old intelligence test to examine one's intelligence quotient, I assume the rate of output or the of a human brain was probably the same two thousand years ago as it is now.
6: But yeah, it I it has like nothing to do with intelligence, it's, it has to do with knowledge. Experience
8: there we go now you're like that and,
6: I'm looking uh, uh, uh you know those those kind of things so ah, we okay. we are no more no more smarter now than we were three thousand years ago. It's just how we deal with our experiences, and um uh, okay. we just have in is a
8: problem with society. And a lot of these other viewpoints. And Bill O'Reilly, like the Bill O'Reilly thing. My God, he's on Fox News. Doesn't that tell you it's messed up enough?
6: <laughs> yeah. As I posted on uh, Seneca's post, the uh, no truth is on. Yep.
4: Nope.
1: Yeah. Oh, man, I'll tell, tell you the truth. Um, I wanted to read one more story tonight, and um, I want to take care of some house, uh, cleaning things before we get off air. Of I want to read this story from, um, I believe this is CBS News fifty eight, um, and this story was um, written by Carlos, um, Carlos. Berg, Bergara, Bergara, and um, it was written on the 17th, but um, this story has gained um, a lot of attention here um, within the past week or so. And I wanted to just um, let people know about this story, and I and um, I think a lot of people are now starting to hear about it. Um, it's entitled, John Spooner Found Guilty for the Murder of Darius Simmons. And this story comes out of Milwaukee. Um, 77-year-old John Spooner has been found guilty Wednesday of first-degree in intentional homicide in the murder of 13-year-old Darius Simmons. A second phase of this trial has finished up that could change where seventy, where the 76-year-old could end up spending the rest of his day. During the second phase of testimony, uh, psychiatrist. Called to stand by the defense Testified saying that uh, Spooner simply snapped After his wife's death and the deterioration of the Southside Neighborhood Spooner was victim of several bur- Burglaries and believed that Derrick Simmons was involved with At least one of them Court documents state that Spooner confronted Simmons with a firearm As the team attempted to pull A garbage bin from, from The street curb it was revealed in the court that the act had been caught on video by Spooner's personal surveillance cameras. In the video um, the video was shown in court of Spooner shooting the thirteen year old boy to death. Video spoon the video of Spooner's interrogation with police was also shown in court and in it, Spooner admits to shooting the thirteen year old because he wanted his guns back. Patricia Larry, the mother of the victim, gave a testimony after witnessing the violent act and said he told him he was going to teach him not to steal, and he shot him. Spooner's verdict is final. First degree intentional homicide, but whether he is sent through the mental health complex or prison is still pending. The testimony of two or more medical experts expecting to testify Thursday. Also, according to the defense, John Spooner may testify on his own behalf when the second phase continues on Thursday. So I just wanted to read that. That was just very um, unfortunate. And luckily, you know, what if this was one of those situations where there was not any video surveillance involved? You know, this could have been another situation like we just went through. And it's just very sad that, um, you know, that this situation had to happen, you know. And it's, it's just, you know, I, you know, they have the video out there, and it's very disturbing. And, and this this man, like, obviously, I mean, there's no dispute. He just shot this boy in cold blood. Like, the boy had his hands up. He was trying to run from the guy, and he just shot the boy dead. Like, you know, and it's just like, you know, there's just no... Respect for life In and society and it's, and it's really sad too Like um, I don't know If this man did suffer from mental illness But that's another issue we have to deal with In society as well You know that's why I said you really have to Just really just teach Your children To be on alert at all times And just you know Because you don't know who out here Dealing with things mentally, like there's a lot of people out here that are dealing with mental illness. I, I don't think we take mental illness as seriously in, in in this society as we should. I think a lot of times we look at people that are, are dealing with mental health. We 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 think that it's funny. Uh, we think that it's something to joke about. It's something that, um, in essence, we don't take it serious. Let's just let's just just be honest with it. So, there's a lot of layers to this. I mean, um, I don't know if this was a racially motivated crime, um, but I just really feel that it's sad that this young boy lost his life, regardless, and like I said, luckily, this was caught on camera because you already know how this would have turned out, you know, um and people would have said this young boy had it coming to him, and this that, and the other, so you know there's no disputing fact so I just really, uh, like I said, just keep the family in your thoughts and prayers because it could be it's them today, but it could be somebody that you know tomorrow, you know. So, like I said, there's just a lot of stuff going on out here that we just have to um, really be aware of and be alert of. Um, so that's that's all I really have to say on that. Um did anybody else have anything um, else to add to your conversation, or did they have anything else that they wanted to share, or that they seen in the
4: news,
1: or um, those were pretty much the main stories I wanted to get on tonight. Um, I, I really want to thank everybody for the wonderful
4: um,
1: dialogue. I want to thank our caller um, six seven eight from the six seven eight area code. What, um, by the way, what area code are you calling from? Caller 678-640 You guys there? Michael, you there?
8: Yes, I'm here
1: Okay, I didn't know if any of you guys were here you know, I guess our caller, he's still here But I don't know if he, he hears me But I want to um, give him a shout out um, He's a new caller And I, want, I really hope that you will join us again I really enjoyed your um, input tonight and um, I think see, she, she, um, I think I lost her. But
8: um, believe but yeah. I just want seven to... eight is uh, metropolitan Atlanta. Oh six seven eight is. Yep. Oh, okay. Because I know I know
1: you. I guess they must have two different area because I know four o four is Atlanta, but I guess they might have two different area codes. I, I,
8: I but, think... yeah. Couple of them there six seven eight and four seven
1: zero oh, for Metro Atlanta. Okay. Yeah. According to Wikipedia. So, yep. <laughs> yeah, but like I said, we've been having a um, the last couple of shows we've had like um, I forgot the other area code we had that caller from last week, but we've been having a lot of people uh, national I mean from different cities joining us, and I wanted to thank you guys. Um. Been having a lot of people uh, from Facebook um, join our group, and I just wanted to thank you guys. Um, I really appreciate it. Um, Jr., um, I know he was supposed, to, well, he said he might. He was he He didn't know he was gonna come on tonight because he's flying out to Arizona tomorrow. Well, yeah, tomorrow morning actually. We just want to wish him um, a happy and safe trip He's going out there to visit some old friends He'll be back next week And I want to thank C I want to thank her mother I want to thank our our caller I want to thank you, Michael And I want to thank you, Kane For always supporting me and coming on And, you know, just voicing your opinion I really don't take it lightly I just want to thank everybody For making this show possible Um, We will be back um, hopefully Next Monday um, We're going to get on a regular schedule again soon But I think Mondays are going to be booked for next month But eventually we're going to get back on Monday Shows um, I know we have um, A couple shows that we're going to be uh, Launching here soon And I think feed shows going to be on Wednesday night And um, I don't know yet I got to get with Jr. I think we're going to do his show On either um Probably Sunday evening, and then we'll do um, our show on Monday, and then we're gonna do do her show on Wednesday. But we'll we'll get with you about the actual show schedule, and um, maybe down the road we're gonna have some more shows that we have planned. So you know, like I said, this is going to be the UCOFW network. So um, we're gonna have a we're gonna have some um, new shows coming up here soon. and sometimes we might just play interviews on different nights, you know, stuff that we've done in the past and just um, different documentaries and stuff like that we're working on. So just be on the lookout for um, the things that we're doing.
8: And that's it. Uh,
1: Michael, did you have anything that you have coming up or anything that you want to share with the people?
8: No. No, I can't say that I do at the present moment. I've been really out of the loop here lately with some crazy work schedules and I've been off kilter on a lot, keeping up with a lot of things here lately. So I'm I'm kind of out in the dark yeah, on this so you, one. It's just and it's about just evolving
1: as a person. I know you've been doing some things to so, you know just to better yourself and and you you're working on self improvement and you know that's always a good thing. So um, you know it's just it's all about just taking care of yourself and just doing you. And and we just want to appreciate everybody that's just a part of the UCOFW family. Kane, I want to thank you for coming on tonight. I know it's been a while.
6: Oh, uh, thank Don't you we... for having me.
1: Yes. Well, this is the Urban Wire, brought to you by uh, the Urban Coalition of Freelance Writers, and we will um, talk to you guys next week tonight.
6: Take care.